Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Friday the 25th of November. Today, I'm joined for the last time this week by Yasmin Husseini, who is a Watson's Daily ambassador. Hi there, Yasmin. How are you doing today? I'm good, Peter. How about you? Yep, all good here. Um, so, uh, what story did you pick out from today's Watson's Daily? Right. Um, today, I'm going to talk about Apple and their manufacturing partner, Foxconn. Yep. Um, so, a lot has happened during this week uh, concerning those two. So, on Wednesday, violent worker protests have erupted at the world's largest iPhone factory in central China. Mm-hmm. After Foxconn, which is Apple's manufacturing partner in China, has attempted to deny bonuses that were promised to new workers um, who were now put into quarantine before being sent to assembly lines. Mm. So the protests were fueled by growing discontent over the factory's, first of all, continued inability to curb a COVID outbreak, second, tough living conditions, and fear, third, among staff that they would test positive. Mm -hmm. So what has happened now is that Apple's manufacturing partner has offered payouts of $1,400 $1,400 to staff who want to leave the iPhone factory, which is um, about a month's full-time salary. Those who take the deal are set to receive first $1,100 when they submit the res- their resignation, and then the remaining $300 after boarding the bus home. So just weeks after they offer bonuses to recruit workers, they're now offering them bonuses to leave. So quite interesting. Yeah. Um, it is estimated that about 60% of all iPhones are produced in the Zhangzhou plant. Uh, which employs more than 200,000 workers. And they said that COVID-related problems at the factory will heighten investor concerns ap- about Apple's uh, China supply, in- supply chain risk. Um, the payout means less trouble, but fewer workers, and staffing was already stretched because not long after the protest broke out, uh, Shangxiao, the home of the iPhone factory, locked down for five days, which disrupted hiring. So honestly... This would not be happening if, first of all, Foxconn invested enough in automated device assembly in this couple of years, um, but instead spent billions on side hustle like chip making and electric vehicles. And it would not have happened if Apple hadn't relied too much on Foxconn in China. Um, I say this because China's zero COVID policy and constant lockdowns has caused all sorts of trouble for supply chain and businesses. Yet China still doesn't want to introduce Western vaccines out of pride or invest in more intensive intensive care beds. Um, so Apple should be expecting lockdown disrupting Chinese from uh, manufacturing for months to come. Nevertheless, I think in the short to medium term, Apple has a steady cash flow. They have already protected themselves from the worst of this year's tech sell-off. Um, so I think there isn't too much worry about in terms of like so, you know short supply, but mm. it will still have a disruption, especially you know in Christmas season and today's Black Friday. So this is not happening at the right time. So what do you think of the story, Peter? Yeah, I mean it's obviously it's been going on now for a few weeks. Um, you know all those pictures on on social media mm. with all the workers trying to escape from there. You know climbing over fences and all this kind of thing. You know, it's not brilliant. Um, it's it's not brilliant PR for for Apple for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, by the way, just just as a fun fact for everyone, just make sure that um, Foxconn is uh, also is known as Honhai in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. It trades as Honhai, so just just to so they are used interchangeably. So if you you hear anyone talking about Honhai and Foxconn, 
they're one and the same thing right yeah. so anyway anyway moving on uh yeah i do think that it's it's quite interesting um how the, how this is panning out um there's not really much that fox much else i suppose that foxconn can do here i mean it's more of a damage limitation exercise mm-hmm. um and as you rightly pointed out the problem is they they pay people to come in now they're paying people to leave mm. um you know they were already short of workers so this isn't gonna i mean you know if you're a worker and you've got you've got choice of where to go are you going to go to foxconn yeah. um i mean it doesn't look you know it doesn't look great at the moment so that might might make things harder but um obviously we'll just have to see how it goes mm-hmm. um it, and in you know as far as we're concerned over here um is it just means that there are going to be fewer iphone uh, 14s fewer colors fewer uh, other options and things yeah. like that because the the supply will be restricted yeah it does seem that this company is also known for claiming to provide high wages and then breaking mm. their promises so mm. you know it, it's all it's nice when you hear about i think it was fifteen thousand um uh chinese one a month that was mm-hmm. like the um, first bonus this mm-hmm. was not seen and now they're promising ten thousand. hopefully this is going to happen because now you know they're they they do there is accountability that might have be that might be um taken um but still you know like a company with a reputation to make false promises like this um mm. not really good for the future no it isn't but also i would say that foxconn is not does not have a exactly a pure reputation anyway so this isn't like a mm. oh this is this isn't a shock um mm. necessarily you know they they do have labor issues. But then again, if you employ the amount of people they employ, um, there's bound to be there's bound to be problems somewhere. Mm. Um, and the thing is, they this is a thing, right? I mean, their whole this whole assembly business, the margins are so, so tight that they have to be very, very meticulous about all parts of what they're, you know, all the elements of what they're doing. Mm. So um so you know when there is something big that goes wrong it it really does have a big effect um on everything else because it's run so tightly mm. um so yeah so anyway not great foxconn i'm sure they will still find workers but um but it's it's a bit i, I think it's a bit of a pain for them at the moment for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. so Indeed. yes um so anyway, so yeah, I mean, I guess that that's, I suppose we, you know, that's it on, you know, the Foxconn thing. Um, that'll probably keep running. Oh, well, the other thing, of course, is that um, it's not just a, you know, it won't just be Foxconn on this. Um, I would have thought that this is going to be a problem for manufacturers generally because you know Foxconn's big and bad. But mm-hmm. what about those other, you know, and they can they can dole out this fourteen hundred dollars um, a person. Whereas what happens? to the smaller operators um th- that's not you know that's that's not going to go uh, that's not going to go particularly well um and uh, you know it, again it's as you said about the vaccine thing um is that the problem is is that th- this isn't just likely to be a foxconn thing it's likely to be a manufacturing thing because the the um efficacy of the vac- vaccines available to most people is pretty low and so that's why they're having to have these strict lockdowns mm-hmm. so well, thankfully yeah. for any you know 
iPhone 14 um, potential buyers, mm. Foxconn has starting already shifting their production away from this factory because mm. of the COVID problems. Mm. Um, so hopefully, you know, not only China in general um, finds a solution for those constant, uh, you know, outbreaks and having to go into lockdown, having to go out, but at the same time, businesses needing to be a bit more savvy and being quick into changing, you know, the uh, supply chain original manufacturing um, mm. to another plant when one locks down or something because mm -hmm. it's, you know cities that lock down not the country yeah. so if Zhangzhou is is locked down should be you know moving away and going to you know another factory but yeah, yeah this is the story um on my side yeah uh, what is your story today peter yeah so i um thought i would pick the one about uh binance today um now um what has happened is uh, Binance has said that so Binance is the world's biggest cryptocurrency exchange platform. Um, it's it is so um, FTX, which has obviously just gone, uh, you know, just basically just gone bust. Um, FTX is was sorry, the number two. And remember that Binance was going to buy FTX thought mm -hmm. about it for less than two uh, less than 48 hours and then said <laughs> no thank you um but anyway but what they've done so binance has um come out with a one billion dollar crypto recovery fund mm -hmm. and it looks like the intention here is to buy out um collapsed exchanges mm -hmm. and i think the reason for that i mean i you know i presume the reason for this is to try to um uh stop the outflow of of crypto assets to stop people saying i want to get out i want to get out because the problem is is if everyone says it all at the same time there is a, just a massive spiral and the the price will just go through the floor mm. so um i think that this is a way of providing almost like a backstop to say look don't worry people we've still got loads of money to bail everyone out so it's okay uh, don't panic you know a crypto is fine but the problem is for me is like well where did they get this one billion dollars from um because this is this is the problem that the ftx had is like well you know they they're banding around all this cash but where did it came, come from mm -hmm. they're they're sort of lending it to themselves um you know they're shifting it around different parts of the business and and the fact that Binance is not regulated, for instance, by the SEC or the FCA in the in the UK, that's a lot of that's a lot of acronyms, mm. isn't it? Uh, but anyway, um, the, you know, it's because it's not actually regulated. Do, does anyone actually know where this money is coming from? And you know, and and the problem is, is that um, if this is even slightly dodgy uh, and it turns out it's slightly dodgy this will be a huge problem because this is the biggest um, cryptocurrency exchange platform mm. so I mean it really does look very shaky very yeah. shoddy I think um, and we don't know what's going on here um, but anyway I mean I think it could go either way right so either um, this goes really well, and Chang Peng Zhao, who is the who is the uh, you know the chief of, of of Binance, either this is a genius move. He um, bolsters his position as the number one, you know, as the go-to trading platform uh, for crypto, um, or um, it could blow up in his face mm -hmm. um, because if 
people say hey where'd you get the money from and and they do an investigation or try and look and they find something dodgy then that is the biggest tr- trading platform and the the sentiment will just change overnight mm. so you know so i do think there's a lot to worry about here because um you know the 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 memory of um uh sam bankman fried um of ftx is still very very fresh and very much uppermost in people's minds when they think of um dodgy stuff to do with um crypto uh you know with with crypto assets mm. but what, what do you think though um i do think that you know Binance and other players in this in the industry are trying to rush to restore faith and mm. you know shore themselves up in the wake of the collapse of FTX. Um, mm. But um, first of all, not only did they say that they were unveiling a billion cryptocurrency, but mm-hmm. in the short term they want to make it two billion. So really, like mm. just imaginary figures. Um, mm. Let's make it three. Let's make it four. So yeah, really, like you said, I don't know where they're getting the money from, but mm. they have been among uh, a host of firms that offer customers a look at their books to be able to prove their assets are backed and able to be withdrawn. Mm. So um, I think as well, this is like a move post FTX collapse um, mm. to just be like, guys, you, know, you can trust us, like your assets are safe. But nevertheless, it, it all seems, you know, FTX was immense and it was so, it felt so safe. And if if they went down in flames, then who, who else is safe, you know? Mm. So, and the fact that they're not regulated just already needs to awaken your senses of, mm. of alarm a bit. Mm. Um, yeah, I was I was always a bit unsure about the crypto bubble. Um, and it seems that maybe if this doesn't work out or if they find, like you said, a, you know, a hair of something going wrong, mm. I think it might just all go down in flames. Mm. Um, and maybe, yeah. you know, uh, maybe I don't think crypto will ever like it, it, it will bounce back. But mm-hmm. I think the structure will need to change and the. Yeah, the way it's, it's regulated or, you know, just, yeah, regulate needs to start getting updated and really mm. think about how crypto assets needs to be taken yeah. care of. Because <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm looking at it now, right? On um, mm. So I always use trade, trading economics. So I was looking on there, uh, and but we're not sponsored by them. Um, but they, they um, yeah, Bitcoin is pretty much flat, really. Mm. You know, and you think, but all of this stuff is going on. And it's all going, I don't know, it's kind of all going wrong at the moment. And yet it has remained suspiciously the same, yeah. you know. And I have to say, um, I mean, I, I've only just, this only just popped into my head. But I do remember um, at the beginning, right at the beginning of COVID, before everyone was, you know, really taking it seriously, um, I, I actually met up with an ex-colleague in the city and I said, I think this thing is way more serious than people are t- thinking. You know, they're saying, oh, it's just like SARS. And it's just, you know. And I remember saying, this is, we're on the verge of something massive here. And, you know, he was saying, yeah, you know, was it? And, and then literally within within a few days, then that's when lockdown came down and, and it all went very serious. Now, I mean, I don't know if it's quite on that scale, mm. um, but it's pretty big. I mean this this thing and 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 uh, I do think that 
it's very suspicious because actually the, the reason why I was saying that is because I was um, t- I know this sounds like I'm, I'm incredibly dull and, and have very boring conversations with friends but he was um, to be fair he was actually ex-head of I think global heads uh, of, of uh, what was it sales or so at, at Merrill Lynch but anyway we were talking about and I you know I said the the, the Chinese market has literally not moved it's mm-hmm. not moved and it's and you know why is that and it's because i think it's because the the government was chucking money at it with this you just think someone somewhere is throwing a lot of money at this mm. to try to keep things steady and hopefully um mean that because mo- if people see it and it's being steady they think they might think oh well it'll it'll be okay you know rather than if they see it falling it becomes self perpetuating mm. so I don't know. It just seems weird that yeah. um, some it's like almost like someone somewhere is putting loads of money into this to make sure that it doesn't collapse. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Anyway, conspiracy theorist, but, uh, <laughs> but I don't know. Anyway, uh, anyway, right. So on that consp- uh, the uh, note of conspiracy theory, um, probably better call it a close now. Um, uh, but thank you very much indeed, uh, Jasmine, for your uh your insights and thoughts this week uh, it's thank been you. a lot of fun yes. um and thank you very much for all the listeners um for listening to us um actually do you know what i think it's quite interesting right is that I- i've been looking at the our performance on the charts the podcast charts and i and i have said i always say this whenever crypto is big big uh, conversation we get pushed down the charts oh right? my god it's really no it's really funny it's honestly it's like correlates it really correlate correlates to what bitcoin's doing so when bitcoin isn't really a topic of conversation we go up the charts and when it is we go down the charts because all the the bitcoin um podcasts go up so yeah, it's quite maybe. funny so um so anyway anyone listening out there wants to support us against bitcoin um get all your friends get all your friends to listen tell them how great this is and uh that'll be great i'll be uh, most grateful um <laughs> anyway um so and the other thing is the last thing is um you know so next week on wednesday i'm doing a roundup of the month of november all of the stuff that's been happening and that will obviously include ftx and whatnot um and trying to um, show you how these stories have developed over over time um, I'm doing that on Wednesday. That is the last one I'm going to be doing for the year. Um, and so, you know, you just, all you need to do is uh, register. We've got it on our link tree and stuff you can see on Instagram. Um, and and also you can see it on, there's a link on there at Watson's Daily on the, on the newsletter itself. Um, and yeah, and then actually at the beginning of next year, I am going to, I know this is a lot to take in, but I'm going to be doing a review of the entirety of 2022 and then doing a preview of 2023. And that is very useful. And I'm not just saying that because I'm, I'm the one that's doing it. I'm saying it because it's the sort of thing that I wanted. And I, you know, we, we used to get sometimes when I was a stockbroker and it's a very good way of setting out like, you know, your thoughts um, for, for the year and understanding and remembering what has happened uh, leading up to that. But anyway, so thank you very much indeed. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Thank you. We'll you too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.